um, I want you to celebrate Pastor Tosi, our dear father in the Lord, for this privilege given to me to come and share the word with you. Papa, thank you so much. We love you and we adore you. God bless you. Thank you so much. For every one of you seated here, thank you for joining us in this wonderful Sunday experience. God bless you. And this month of July is a month of relationships and what? Marriage. And for those of you who were not in church last week Sunday, um, the topic for um, last week's Sunday message was the exemplary marriage and relationship. And then we started from the book of Genesis in chapter 21. I'm going to be recapping for those who were not here so you can follow through. From the book of Genesis chapter 29 from verse 1 to 35 or so. Where we, um, the story, we looked at an exemplary story of um, Jacob and Rachel in the Bible. When Jacob saw Rachel, he was excited that he has found the love of his life and in the process of getting Rachel to behold, and then he was deceived by Laban, who he worked for for seven years to behold what? Rachel, and he was deceived on the night that he was supposed to come and fulfill, because he has fulfilled all the right for seven good years working for Laban, and then he was deceived and they brought, um, they brought Leah to him. And when he consummated with Leah the next morning, he unveiled and found out that it was not what? Rachel. It was Leah. And then, because he loved Rachel so much, and he wanted Rachel as a, as a wife, what did he do? He spoke, he confronted Laban. Laban is, is like an, an uncle to him. Then Laban said, I can still give you Rachel if you want to behold, rather than giving it to another man. And what did he do? He worked for extra what? Seven years. Making how many years? Fourteen years. And then he behold Rachel. And then from there, we be, the Bible begins to teach us and show us illustration of how um, Rachel was barren, even though he was the he was the beloved of the husband, and Leah, who was the unbeloved, who was not the beloved of the husband, conceived how many children? Four children, named Simeon, Judah, Levi, and who? If you can remember, and who? And who? Wow. Eh? <laughs> You say what? Ruben, God bless you. Thank you, please, Ruby, for that. So you see, so many of you, when you are here, you receive the message, you are enthusiastic about the message, and when you leave here, pew, everything is off. So ensure every message you receive from God should be permanent in your life in Jesus' name. So we proceeded, and then he bettered children while um, Rachel was barren. So the food for thought there was that if only um, Jacob had prayed and spoke to God about getting married, I believe um, he would have made his journey at the end of where he was giving word, Leah. Despite um, all that um, um, Jacob wanted from, okay, despite all Jacob wanted from um, Laban, but yet Laban was deceived him and at the end of the day at the end of the day he ended up marrying two of his wife so what is the story now how does it relate to your relationship a lot of times people feel um 
I've been experiencing a lot of issues in my relationships and marriages. It seems as though my is an exceptional. It seems as though whatever I conceive in the relationship is not for working. But this is an exemplary marriage to tell you that even in the days of our fathers, things like this still what happens. But what? They never gave up and they kept pushing, kept pressing and they continue with the institution of marriage. Praise the Lord. So today, that's the um, summary of last week. And today, um, I'll be continuing with the, I'll continue with the, I'll be continuing with the same series um, from the book of First Samuel chapter 1, which is the story of Hannah and Elkanah. Another exemplary marriage in the scripture. Hannah and Elkanah. From the book of 1 Samuel chapter 1, this is a story of, uh, um, this is a story of Elkanah, and we were told that he had two wives called Penia, Peninia and Hannah. Why Peninia had children, Hannah did not. Just almost similar story of Rachel and Leah. So why are all these stories kept repeating itself? In the scripture. Let's turn our Bible to the book of um, 1 Samuel chapter 1 from verse 1. From verse 1. 1 Samuel chapter 1. I'm seeing Hebrew chapter 4 verse 16. I say 1 Samuel chapter 1. Okay, let me read from my Bible here. 1 Samuel chapter 1. Um, said from verse 1, he said, Now there was a certain man, there was a certain man of Remetam Zophim of the mountains of of the mountains of Ephraim, and his name was Elkanah, the son of Jeroham, the son of Elhu, the son of Tohu, and son, and the son of Zeph, and Ephraimite. And he had two wives. The name of one was Hannah, and the name of the other, Peninia. Peninia had children, but Hannah had no what? Children. This man went up from the city. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Come on, give Jesus a smile. <laughs> it's nice having every one of you beautifully seated in the presence of the Lord. So, like we were saying, um, verse 3 said, This man went up from his city yearly to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. Also, the two sons of Eli Zophini and Phinehas, the priests of the Lord, were what? There. Verse 4. And whenever the time came for Elkanah 
to make an offering, he would give portion to Penina, his wife, and all to all her sons and daughters. Wow. You see, Ekana married what? The main person he wanted to marry was who? Was who? Hannah. But what happened? This is the story we are joining to. And then, please, can you go back to the previous, um, this thing? And, and whenever this time came for Elkanah to make an offering, he would give portion to what? Penina, his wife, and to all her sons and daughters. Verse 5. But to Hannah, he would give her a double portion, for he loved Hannah, although the Lord had closed her womb. Wow. So is it possible for God to close somebody's womb? But that was what the scripture said. He said, for the Lord closed her womb. What am I trying to say? You know, when it comes to our relationships and marriages, right? We have ups and downs. We have challenges. Sometimes you feel where you are. You are not supposed to be there. Sometimes you feel the person that you are in a relationship with. You are not supposed to be in a relationship with that person. And sometimes you feel your marriage is a mistake. But I've come to bring you good news this morning. Your marriage is not a mistake. Whatever you are seeing in your relationships and in your marriage is a normal marriage. Is a normal relationship. Even from the story in our forefathers, what they experienced, the story of Elkanah, Hannah, and Penina. Why is it that all the beloved are the ones who are barren? Why? Let's take a look at the story of Jesus. When Jesus came to preach the gospel, was everything milk and honey? Everything was not milk and honey. Even the scripture said, in every situation you are, I am there with you. Those things are there together to make you a better person. They are there together to bring the best out of you. Look at gold. Who does not like gold? If I bring gold, I give it to you as a gift. Will you take or not? Will you appreciate it or not? Is gold valued? Is there a price tag on gold? Do you know why? As beautiful as diamond is, gold supersedes all. All of these precious stones and the rest. Do you know why? Because when you see gold in the real original state, you will not like it. Looks very ugly and can never be behold. In fact, if they give it to you, you say, what sort of nonsense is this? But when God goes through the tunnels of fire, the time that God goes through being refined and it comes out of, you know, the state which it has passed through, what comes out of gold? It begins to glitters. It begins to look what? Refined. It begins to look what? Beautiful. Even if you put gold, you soak gold inside water for many years, it will never get what? Rusted. Why? Because it has gone through all manner of challenges and it came out beautiful. 
Your marriage, whatever you're going through in your marriage, is to bring the best out of you. Whatever you are going through in the marriage, it's to make you what? A better person. Whatever you are going through in your relationship is to bring the best out of that relationship. And that is why, that is the reason why you have to hang in there. Some people, when they get into a relationship and things are not working the way it should be, they are quick to running out of the relationship. Or in a marriage, divorce. Why? When you see other people's relationships and marriages, you are enthusiastic about it, you are excited about it, and when they post lovely things, Aww. see this love bed, Romeo and Juliet, even Romeo and Juliet had issues. But you can never see. What, what, what happened is that they put the positive side of their relationships and marriages over the negative part of it. Some people are here this morning. I don't know why the Holy Spirit, you know when I was praying before I came to preach, God told me that there are a lot of people here that you need to just free up yourself. Free up yourself, whether you are watching online or you are here. Some of you are not happy in your marriages and relationships. Some probably maybe because of the way things are going. You have been in that marriage, you feel your wife is not submissive to you. You are in a marriage, you feel your husband is not treating you the way you should be treated. What do you do? Does it mean you should leave that relationship or leave the, the marriage? No. Hang in there. Better days will come. Hang in there. Greater days will come. Hang in there. The Lord is taking care of the problem. Hang in there. The Lord is set to do a new thing. Keep pushing. Keep pressing. Never give up. Or you are married. You have been asking God for the fruit of womb. You know, there is this culture in our African, you know, there is this mentality in our African culture where the belief, the moment you are married, the first month they are expecting you to, you know, start prayer. Prayer. Oh, oh, that's for me. And putting up all the symptoms and whatever for pregnancy. Nobody should put societal pressure on you. When it's time, the baby will come. When it's time, the Lord will bless you. Children are heritage of the Lord and a gift from the Lord. Who are you to worry yourself about not conceiving? Are you married because of children? Are you married to be a baby factory? No. You are married because of companionship. Even though the Lord said, bring the institution marriage into existence because of multiplication to fill the earth. Even as that, the Lord has us so much in mind that he also wants us to enjoy our marriage and what? Relationships. So don't be, don't be carried away. Don't be too, you know, serious about childbirth. Look at the story of Anna and Peninia. Anna never conceived, but did this stop God from blessing her? Yet, the husband, Elkanah, still did what? Still showed her love. All you need is love to carry through. That children you are expecting will come. That conception you have been believing God for, it will come. It will come. It will come. Sometimes anxiety can even delay it. Anxiety can delay it. Open up yourself. Be free with yourself. 
It doesn't matter if your neighbor has conceived, have four children. If your neighbor, maybe the person you married before, had uh, already had two children and you hadn't known, you are not in a competition with anybody. You are not in a competition with anybody. God has a reason why he created us black, white, fair, yellow, in fact, short, tall, slim, fat. Have you seen a fat person that have taken uh, a lot of things to slim down, slimming tea? And the more you take it, the more you get fatter. Who are you to, to, to tamper with what God has created? So what am I trying to say? My point is this. In every relationships and marriages, there are challenges. There are challenges. The challenges are, comes in different ways. Every marriage has the same pattern. Every marriage has the same pattern. What is different in a marriage is the people that are involved in that marriage. The couple that are involved in that marriage. Are you ready to make it work? Are you ready to pull through? Are you ready to bring where God, what, what God wants to fulfill in that marriage? Are you ready to stay true? In your relationships today, you are out. Tomorrow, you are in another one. My dear brothers and sisters, even if you go into a relationship now and it seems as though it's not working well and you pull out of it, you find another yori yori, another beautiful woman, and you jump into it. I also want to let you know that as you are going into it, you are going into a new challenge. You are going into a new what? Challenge. You feel your husband is not doing well. He's not man enough. Okay. I was having a conversation with somebody the other time. He said, I'm tired of my husband. That man, that was like about three months ago. I'm tired of my husband. Who is he, Seth? He cannot even do anything for me. I was like, really? Okay. And I was telling her, calm down. Everything will be well. Just hang in there and pray while you keep speaking to him. Things will get better. And guess what? She said she's done with the man. And she packed her things and left the house. Guess what? The moment he was leaving, the man is not even a believer. The moment he was leaving, another woman was checking in. What you rejected, another woman came and what? Picked it up. And guess what? The husband did not call her to apologize to her. Or because their culture is that once such things happen, the husband had to return back to the family, tender his apology, and do the needful from beginning and pick her for a wife again. The man refused to come. And lo and behold, like three months ago, maybe four months ago, this conversation. Now as I'm speaking to you, she couldn't give birth for the husband. But guess what? The woman in the house is pregnant, three months pregnant. You can imagine. So what am I trying to say? What you think is a challenge is never a challenge. If you think it's a challenge, another will come and take it. In your relationship, make it work. What am I saying? Make it work. What am I saying? Make it work. In your marriage, make it work. 
in your relationship, make it work. It doesn't matter the challenge. It doesn't matter what you've been through. It doesn't matter the insult and assault you have received, both from your in-laws, from your husband, from uh, um, in-laws and outlaws. You know, we have outlaws too. Outlaws are the neighbors and the social media fans. The ones that will tell you what to do and what not to do. The one that will tell you you posted, your wife did not comment, or your husband did not comment. Or the one that when you post, you say, ah, is there any issue between the both of you? Why did you post like this? Or the one that will talk to you and tell you that, oh, is there any reason why you, your name used to be, um, um, permit me to use you, Maureen. <laughs> or is there any reason why your name used to be Maureen Emmanuel Henry, and now your name is now uh, Henry, uh, Maureen Henry? They are there to watch. Those are the social media. And in fact, aside from social media, the outlaws, the neighbors. Don't let them protrude into your relationships and marriage. Try not to receive counsels from people that the counseling is not making you and giving you encouragement and hope to join in into making your relationships and marriage to work. Be careful where you take advice. Be careful. What happened? Now, let's continue from where we stop. Give me verse. So, but to Anna, he would give a double portion, for he loved Anna, although the Lord had closed her womb, and her reviver also provoked her severely. Provoked her severally to make her miserable because the Lord had closed her womb. You can imagine. Imagine you know that the Lord has closed your womb. What will you do as a woman that is married? And then you see other women flaunting their children in front of you. How would you feel? Is there any challenge that can be as, as strong as this, what Anna went through? Is there any challenge that can go through this? When you see a lot of people advising you, telling you things that they don't need to tell you. I don't know who is here this morning. The Lord is going to open your womb. That baby you are looking for, you will receive this month in the name of Jesus. Before the end of this year, you will conceive a child in your womb. The Lord is going to open your womb. And you're going to bring children that will bring glory to the Lord. It's not just giving birth to children. There are a lot of, see, being a mother is not just conceiving and bringing out babies. There is more to it. Every woman in the house is a mother. Every child is your child. It doesn't matter whether you conceive the child or not, but the child is your child. What makes you a mother is when you nurture someone and groom the person. That's what makes you a mother. Is there any other assault or insult that anybody can receive as such as Hannah has received? But yet God still loved her. Can we move to the next verse? So it was year by year when 
she went up to the house of the Lord. So she provoked her. Therefore, she wept and did not eat. Proceed. Then Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why did you weep? Why do you not eat? And why is your heart grieved? Am I not better to you than ten sons? Hmm. Don't let you not conceiving be a challenge in your marriage. That will not be your testimony in the name of Jesus. You are not marrying because of conception. You are not getting married because, because you, want, you want to be a baby factory. You are not getting married because you want to bear children. You are not in a competition with anybody. You are there because God wanted companionship. He, when he created Adam, he created Eve. But before he created Eve, he, asked, he saw that Adam was what? Alone. And he, and he said... It is, not good for him. it is not good for man to be what? Alone. And while Adam was in the deep of the sleep, he took his rib and created what? Eve. For the purpose of what? Companionship. The reason why you are married is because of companionship. That is the first impression God gave us in the book of Genesis. Before every other thing like fruitfulness, satisfaction of sexual art, just like Apostle Paul spoke in the book of 1 Corinthians and chapter 7. Your first goal is to be a companion to your wife. Your first goal is to be a companion to your husband. It's not for the sole aim of childbearing. Trust those culture of child, childbirth. When God brings it, accept it. If it doesn't come, what do you do? Accept it. And glorify the name of the Lord. And serve God. Look at what Elkanah told Anna. He told Anna that, that he said to Anna, he said, is it not better than ten sons that she can bear? Because she was weeping. So you can see, this is a story of how many how many decades? And this same thing happens presently in our society. On social media, where I have a lot of people and I'm opportune to counsel people, right? I've seen a woman who wants to murder, who wants to kill herself because she cannot conceive for her husband. Look at Anna, is weeping. Please proceed. So Anna arose after they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh. Now Eli the priest was sitting on the seat by the doorpost of the tabernacle of the Lord. And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. Then she made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maid servant and remember me, and remember me, please, can you project this well? And remember me and not forget your maid servant, but will give you maid servant a male child. Then I will give him to the Lord 
all the days of his life, and no razor shall come upon his head. And it happened, as she continued praying before the Lord, that Eli washed her mouth. Now, Anna spoke in her heart. Only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore, Eli thought she was drunk. Eli said to her, how long will you be drunk? Put your wine away from you. But Hannah answered and said, no, my Lord, I am a woman of sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor intoxicating drinks, but have poured out my soul, therefore, to the Lord. Do not consider your maidservant a wicked woman, for out of the abundance of the complaints and grief, I have spoken unto, un, until now. Then Eli answered and said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant, you, grant your petition, which you have asked of him. Proceed quickly. And she said, Let the maidservant found favor in your sight. So the woman went her way and ate, and her face was no longer sad. Then they rose early in the morning and worshipped before the Lord and turned and returned and came to their house to Ramah. And Elkanah knew Anna, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. Please proceed. So it came to pass in the, in the process of the time that Anna conceived and bore a son and called his name Samuel, saying, because I have asked for him from the Lord. Please proceed. Now the man Elkanah and all his house went to offer the Lord the yearly sacrifice of what? His vow. Anna did not go up, for she said to her husband, not until the child is weaned, then I will take him, that he may appear before the Lord and remember there, what? Forever. Praise the Lord. So is there anything the Lord cannot do? Is there anything God cannot do? Anna was what? Barren. The scripture said her womb was what? Closed. But is there anything God cannot do? What is that thing that you are experiencing in your relationships and marriages? Take it to God in prayer. Take it to God in prayer. Let somebody here be drunk in prayer. Go to God and tender your request to God. Forget about what the society is saying. Forget about what people are saying. Some people will come and tell you, oh yes, you are of a marriageable age, but you are not married. What is happening? Some will come and say, you are married, but you have not bare children. Of after one year of marriage, they are even counting it for you. In fact, some, see, let me tell you something. When you listen to people, you will start living their lives and not your life. Do you know why? Even when you are rushing to get married, let's say, for instance, they hadn't know about everything that is happening concerning your relationship. All of a sudden, you pop out, you want to marry. They will say, ah, it seems she has conceived. Oh, that is why they are trying to rush the marriage. It was said about a lot of people. And after marriage, there was no baby. One year, two years. So, whether you conceive, whether you don't conceive, whatever you do on this planet, people will definitely what? 
talk, there is going to be challenges. But that challenge will not swallow you in the name of Jesus. Whatever the challenges are in your relationships and marriage, it will not take you, it will not swallow you in the name of Jesus. The Lord is going to open a new chapter of your life in the name of Jesus. Whatever you desire in your relationships and marriage, you will receive in the mighty name of Jesus. So, and also, another very vital example is Mary and Joseph. Mary and Joseph are people that are committed in the house of the Lord. They are people who love God so much. There are people who love God so much. And what happened? Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But what happened? A miraculous thing happened, which was what? Mary conceived. And they hadn't, they hadn't you know, done anything together. So how did she then conceive? Then she will come back to Joseph and say, uh, um, I'm pregnant. And it's not Joseph that impregnated her. How can Joseph believe such story? If you were you, will you believe it? What will you do? You will leave her alone. You will say, she's a prostitute. Can you imagine? She conceived even without letting me know. And what happened? Mary was engaged to be married to what? Joseph. Though a miraculous event of the Holy Spirit happened, she, she, she is what? She got pregnant, carrying the word Christ child. There's something I love so much about this story. Do you know that Mary and Joseph so much trust God that even when Joseph heard that the wife was pregnant, the Holy Spirit spoke to her, spoke to him, sorry. He believed. He believed. But is this not a challenge that should have tied the relationships apart? Eh? But what happened? They kept what? Or is it a story of Priscilla and Aquila in the scripture? In fact, these two were mentioned in the scripture for their works in the house of the Lord. Can we turn our Bible to the book of Acts chapter 18 verse 26? Acts chapter, Acts 18, 26. So, he began to speak boldly in the synagogue when Aquila and Priscilla heard him. They took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. Proceed. And when he desired to cross the, the Achai, the brethren wrote, exhorting the disciple to receive him. And when he arrived, he greatly helped those who had believed through grace. For the vigorous refuted and the Jews publicly, showing from the scripture, showing from the scripture that Jesus is Christ. And it happened while Apollos went to the, the Corinth, that Paul, the Corinthians, sorry, that Paul 
having passed through the upper region, came to Ephesus and find some disciples. Please, can you project this first? He said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believe? So they said to him, we have not so much as heard whether there is Holy Spirit. And he said to them, unto where you were baptized. So now the story now is a story. Let me write because of my time. I don't have much time. So um, the story of Priscilla and Aquila was people who love God so much and they love to serve in the vineyard of God. Right? So when it came that, you know, it was time for them to get married, they what? They got married. But guess what? Priscilla and Aquila were married together while serving in the vineyard of the Lord. Do you know what I'm going to tell you this morning? It pays a lot to serve in the service of God. Are you a single woman or a single man? You are believing God for his spouse. The place to get it is in the place of service. When you are serving the Lord and when you are putting things together to make the work of God go through. You know, sometimes people are very quick. When, they, when we talk about prayer, people are very quick to pray. Asking God what they want. The question is, I am asking God what I want. Am I giving God what God wants? The life you are living is not your own. The life that is given to you is God's own. Now, what do you do when you are given a gift? You, when you are given a gift, you are supposed to use it to the benefit of the giver. Yes or no? Why do you choose to do life all alone? Praise the Lord. The story of Ruth and Boaz was another story. Boaz is a, is a what? Is a king's man. A stranger in another foreign country. I don't want to go into that story this morning. But what I want you, what I want you to know this morning is that the Lord is going to say to you. God is going to say to you. In your relationship, God will say to you. In your marriage, God will say to you. It doesn't matter what you've been through, God will say to you. It doesn't matter where you've been before, God will say to you. Wherever you need clarity to carry through, God will give you clarity. Wherever you need wisdom for God to give you wisdom to carry through, God will give you wisdom. It doesn't matter what you've been through. It doesn't matter what the devil has been afflicting your marriage or relationship with. But I've come to bring you good news this morning. That child you are looking for, you will receive. That relationship you are looking for, you will receive. That husband you are looking for, you will receive. That wife you are looking for, you will receive. That relationship that is not working will start working. In the name of Jesus. The Lord is set to open a new page for you. The Lord is set to bring you good news in your finances, in your career, in your marriage, in your relationship. If you know this is for you, I want you to open your mouth and say, thank you, Jesus. You can see, in the Bible, there were a lot of examples examples of what is happening today is somebody here this morning and you are weary of what is happening in your marriage 
today it seems as though you want to end the marriage. Tomorrow, you're back to the marriage. The Lord is saying that don't worry anymore. I breathe in peace upon your marriage. I give you peace in that marriage. I give you happiness in that marriage. I give you joy in that marriage. Or are you in a relationship? You feel I've had it all. This is the time to give up on the relationship. The Lord is saying no. The Lord is saying walk. The Lord is saying pray. The Lord is saying keep pressing. I am with you. You are not alone. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Another thing that can bring a lot of challenges in your relationships is finance. Two things that are the powerful thing that can destroy relationships and marriages. You see sex, you see finance, those are the two powerful things that can end a relationship or end a marriage. Now the question is, as a woman, am I supposed to be part of the family upkeep? Am I supposed to be part of the family expenses? Am I supposed to spend? Because there's this saying that people will always say, my money, the, the woman will say, my money is my money. The man's money is our money. There is no such thing. Even in the Bible, there is no such thing. In the book of Proverbs chapter 31, when he spoke about a virtuous woman, what did the Bible say about the virtuous woman? Eventually, all the qualities that the virtuous woman possesses is as though she's the breadwinner. But is she the breadwinner? She's a helpmate. She's a what? She's a what? As a man, you don't leave your duties to the woman to carry, even though she's a helpmate to you. Carry your cross, and the Lord will bless you. Every woman carries favor. Just like I said last week. Every woman is a woman of favor. And that is why the Bible said that he who finds a wife finds a good thing and will obtain favor from the Lord. Do I have sisters that carry favor in the house this morning? The Lord will favor you. Any man that come across you shall be favored. You will not go into any man's life and, you are, and the man will not be favored. Because of you, the man will begin to receive favor in every ramifications of life. Or are you a man here? You are about to get married or you are looking for a relationship. God will not link you to a place where there is no favor. Any man that is coming into your life will be a woman of favor. She will bring you favor. Be a woman of substance. There is no man that sees a woman of substance and let her word go. Look at the story of the virtuous woman. All she did to bring comfortability to the home. And no matter how the Lord has blessed you, to support your husband. Don't forget the place of submission. It's a very important part that shouldn't be what? Shouldn't be undermined. Praise the Lord. Quickly, before I wrap up, I'll give you seven of the most common marital problems. 
One is money. Two is intimacy. Three is undesirable friends. Four is household division of labor. Five is parenting differences. Six is addiction. And the seventh one is communication. Quickly, I'm going to be briefing them down because I have short time to be out of here. Now, when it comes to the place of money, learn to have common goals when it comes to your finances in your relationships. Be it marriage and relationship. Sometimes people will feel, um, oh, did this same point apply to us in relationship? Yes. What you don't address in your relationship Forget about it. Don't get, in fact, if you are ready to, if by the time you are ready to address it in your marriage, the man will not listen to you. The woman will not listen to you. In fact, in all the stories we, 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 we flip, the exemplary stories in the scripture, was there any place that there was a long-term relationship? All they were doing was they found the behold. They found the behold. Praise the Lord. Money is one of the vital things that can cause problem in your what? Your relationships and marriage. Intimacy. Intimacy is of different levels. You can see two people that are married living in the same house, but they are not intimate. And that can tear the family apart. So you have to be very aware of this. Undesirable friends. Sometimes the man had friends that the woman does not like. Probably he's influencing the husband in a negative pattern. Especially we women, you know we don't like it. And especially when you don't like a friend, um, your husband's friend, and he comes to the house, you try to frustrate the friend. You make the, the, the place uncomfortable for the person to what? You put on some kind of body language. And before you know, the man will run away. He will tell the, your, friend, your husband that, that's your wife, I don't even like herself because even the wife too does not even like. So what am I trying to say? My point is this. When you are married or you are in a relationship, any friend that both of you don't like, sit down, list out all your friends. Whichever friendship that is not, that is not approved should be put away. Praise the Lord. Both of you should have common friends. Like my husband, in fact, before I go into this, I just want you to celebrate Mrs. Amaka. <laughs> she's, my, she's my husband's friend's wife. This is an example. I became friends with her through my husband's relationship with her husband, right? This is how it should be. You cannot have single friends. And then, you're still making friendship with them. They're advising you about your marriage. It will put an end to that marriage. If your husband does not like that female friend of yours, discard it. If your wife does not like that male friend of yours, discard it. The most important people in every marriage is the both of you. Not even the in-laws, not your mother-in-law, not your father-in-law. They are tertiary people in the relationship of your marriage. Friends, undesirable friends, be aware and stay away from undesirable what? Friends. Then parenting differences. Oh, that one is a very serious issue in the marriage. Parenting differences. 
This is how I want my child to be. The mother wants, the mother does not like, someone like me, I'll give myself as an example. I don't like, you see me, when you do wrong, I will talk and talk and talk and talk. But guess what? I will not flog you. My sister can be a witness. I hardly beat. But the day I'm ready to beat you, I'll give you an undertaking slap. Because of the build up of tolerance. But a father like my husband, any small thing, bah! every small thing, bah! every why are you beating the boy like that? What you are doing it does not deserve beating. What the boy has done does not deserve beating. Sit him down to him. And guess what? The boy has come to find solace in my hands. But when I noticed that, I started discarding it. Each time the father beats him, he runs to me. I send him back to the father. And I ask him, what have you done wrong? What have you done wrong? Because your daddy is not a madman. There must be something you've done wrong that daddy beats you. So what did you do? He will tell me what he has done. And I'll follow him. I say, okay, apologize to your daddy. After the apology, they will hug one another and make what? Amendment. So are you a parent that when your children run to you, you support them? and make their father look as though they are the wicked ones? Or do you try to win the heart of your children only to yourself? That can break your marriage or relationships in the marriage. Stay away from that. Very importantly, ensure there is unity in the family. Even when you know that what your husband is doing is wrong, do not rebuke your husband in front of your children. That will make them to take side, either with the mom or the dad. But if you, as a husband and wife, have the, the unity to, you know, train your children together. I'm telling you, even when they go outside, they exhibit the love you have shown them. The peace that you have brought into the family and amongst the family. Praise the Lord. And another point is household um, division of labor. This one is a serious problem in many marriages. Where the husband feels when he goes to go and work and bring money alone to the family for us to feel, feed, he has done so much. That is the African mentality. Men, rise up. You are the head and the authority of the family. Your duty is to nurture and nurse your wife. You did not marry a slave, you married a queen. And she should be treated as a what? A queen. She's cooking. She's washing plates. The child has pushed. She's going to attend to the child. The other child is crying for food. Why? Do you want to kill her before her time? And when she die of all of this frustration, what do you do? After burial, six months of uh, mourning, you are seeing one sister in the church. Hmm. This one is filled with the Holy Spirit. Hmm. This one can minister. She has a good voice. She will make a good pastor's wife. Mm -hmm. This one is good. Ah, she's working in the bank. Oh, yeah. Haba. This one is earning a good salary. She's working with NGO. Sisters in the house. When it comes to labor of the house, it should be shared. If you don't have a nanny or a help to, to help her in the house, please do as much as you can do. Don't kill yourself. Do as much as you can do. As men, don't think bringing money into the family alone is all you can do. No. 
The man is the head. And what does the head do? The head is the one that controls every affairs of the house. Not the woman. I want each and every one of you, your mentality to change today. From leaving the house choice for only your wife. And some is vice versa. The husband does everything in the house. And the wife is busy chilling. Watching Z-Word. Watching African magic. Because probably, you know, your husband can clean. He loves to wash the bed sheet. He loves to, you know, cook and go to the market. Don't leave those duties for only him to do. Do you know when, when both of you do house choice together. Do you know that it brings unity and understanding amongst you? It, 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 do you know that it, it bonds your love and your relationships together? So I want you today to make it a habit of doing what? Team working in the house. Praise the Lord. And to wrap up, I'll be talking about addiction and communication together. Some men are so addicted to certain things that they cannot change. Some women are addicted to certain character that even when the husband speaks about it, they don't want to change it. When you are coming into marriage or you're coming into a relationship, do you know what you're doing? Eh? You put in your excesses and bring in, you know, what you think can benefit the marriage. But a lot of people do This is how I am. This is how I've been. For how many years of my, of my life, before I married to you, you want me to come and change. Nobody wants to be married to be changed. Everybody wants to be married to be loved. In as much as you are not married to be changed, please ensure you welcome changes. So that what God wants to use your marriage to do on earth will be fulfilled. Addiction. Some of you don't even give your wife, you know, that food in the bedroom. You are even stingy with it, especially the men. Today, you are at work. When she asks you, when are you coming back home? Why are you asking me when am I coming back? Am I not going to go and work to bring money to the family? If I don't bring money now, you will say this one. No. Some people will say, everybody's marriage is different. Brothers and sisters, there's no marriage that is different. It's the people involved in the marriage that is different. When you are angry as a woman, don't starve your husband for sex. Don't for any reason. Don't be in the pursuit for career over your marriage. You might not know what you are doing to your marriage. You will damage the marriage. Praise the Lord. Do you know why the Bible gave one year as honeymoon? After when you get married. You are supposed to spend one year honeymoon. But in our modern society, after we get married, everybody will spend one week or one month. And every, in fact, one month is even difficult for those. That's even for those who are not working. And that is what is bringing all the problems in our marriages. One year, you are not supposed to go out. There's supposed to be food, water, drink, uh, light, and etc. in the house. All you do, you eat, you watch movie, and have sex. Enjoy it back to back. Yes, if you do that for one year and baby did not come, then in our modern society, then it's time to go and do medical checkup. When you do medical checkup and all is well, then it is now time to pray. Have you done all of this? Communication, poor communication is one of the leading causes of so many divorces in the society. So many broken marriages. Today, 
the Lord is going to open your eye to all of these things in the name of Jesus. And the Lord will help you to follow through in the name of Jesus. Can I prophesy to you this morning? Whatever you desire in your life, the Lord will give you. Whatever you desire in your relationship, the Lord will give it to you. That wisdom you need to carry through, the Lord will open it up for you. Whatever you desire of the Lord, you shall receive. I prophesy peace in your marriage. I prophesy peace in your relationship. Whatever you want the Lord to do for you in your relationship, it is done in that name in the name of Jesus. That child is being given to you in the name of Jesus. The Lord is saying something. There's somebody here, your wife has conceived, but there are a lot of challenges. I don't know who you are. That is what the Lord is showing me right now. I want you to understand that. Just stay true. The Lord will help you. The Lord will help you. He will give you wisdom on how to go about it. Can we jump on our feet and begin to say, Father, I thank you.